0: Hi, I'm Harry. Hi, I'm Harry. Hi, I'm Harry. Hi, I'm Harry. And together, we're Harry's four split personalities. I'd like to tell a little story. It's about a young man who was dating a girl and she actually, she ended up getting a job in Darwin and they're going to move to Darwin and that boy was one of my best mates. And uh, and then I, I messaged a mate today who as far as I understood it had a job on the Sunshine Coast and I said, okay, when he first moved to the Sunshine Coast I said, alright, here's the deal. If there's a weekend in Brisbane where there aren't any parties, I'm going to come and visit you on the Sunshine Coast and I haven't seen him in a year. And so I messaged him the other day, I said, look, uh, I want to come visit. He said, I'm just about to move to Darwin. In fact, I moved there eight hours ago. And I said, Darwin? When did Darwin become like the opposite of Melbourne, the place that no one talks about moving to, but they actually moved there, as opposed to talking about moving there all the time and never moving? Melbourne. And then, so I did a bit of Googling. What's so good about Darwin? Why is everyone moving there? Turns out Channel 10 still plays Simpson reruns at uh, 6pm every night after the news. Turns out it's illegal to charge entry into strip clubs in Darwin, and even more so. And this makes it really obvious why everyone's moving to Darwin. <laughs> it's closer to Bali! Gonna get up, gonna get up, gonna get up. Ooh. Bali! Gonna get up, gonna get up, gonna get up. Ah! It's freaking Bali! big one now I'm in Bali Away. What? I can't hear over the music. I'm in Bali. Hey, where's the toilet? Ah.
1: The toilet.
0: I'm not having fun anymore, I need to get picked up, Bali, I'm in Bali, I heard Parasite won an Oscar, it's uh, the first foreign language film ever and I am so glad it won. It could not have gone to a more deserved film, and I tell you, I cannot wait to watch it. I wonder what it's about. But such a good thing at one. so excited to watch it. Hey guys, Harry the Cool Christian here. That's right, I'm a Christian, but I skate. Check it out, I wrote a Bible verse in the bottom of my skateboard, that's right. How can you, how can you have an opinion all right, and say that you have the right opinion if you've never heard the other opinions properly. No, you hear people say things, and and you, you sort of hear key words. You go, I disagree with that, and you zone out. Um, for me, I hear the words human rights, and then my, I just block my ears. You know I, I sometimes I just hear the words you should pay for things from convenience stores, and I go, oh, I'm zoning out, and as I load my pockets up with Snickers bars. I, I actually think that stubbornness is actually a self-preservational human characteristic you know if if you always believe you're right and that you didn't make mistakes you'd never feel regret which i believe is the worst possible emotion a person can feel regret relief is the best regret is the worst they're just two steps away from each other like a a breakup at university two degrees of separation uh, you know, for example, you come across Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a dark alley. You, you had a soda water in the Uber, and it was quite a bumpy ride. So you get out, thank the driver. You're walking down a dark alley. You're approaching Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You nonchalantly open your soda water bottle, it sprays everywhere. He's wearing his new blouse, and it's all covered in soda water now. He knows nothing gets soda water out. And there you are in a dark alley with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who's real peeved off about the soda water stains on his new floral blouse. What are you going to do? Nothing you can do. You're in the hands of either regret or relief. Dwayne The Rock Johnson remembers he is a Buddhist. He will harm no other. He says, thank you for the new pattern on my floral blouse. And he moves on throughout the dark alley. Or Dwayne The Rock Johnson decides that there is only one known justice that truly exists, and that is eye for an eye, blouse for a blouse. And so, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, misinterpreting the term blouse for a blouse, in revenge for you standing as blouse, decides to poke your eyes out. That's regret, but otherwise there could've been relief. Do you see, same act, two different outcomes, one is the worst feeling, one is the best feeling. Okay, we're taking a poll here on 4 Z. Should mothers who name their children Kathleen be reported to child safety officers. We got the results in 93% say yes, 7% haven't answered yet. Wait, I was at a vegetarian restaurant the other day. I'm gonna tell you, vegetarian food, is some of the most underrated non-meat food you can eat, just delicious for food that doesn't contain meat. And and I noticed there's this trend where people will come in, perhaps they're a little bit ashamed of it, especially if they're, they're trying to be a bit macho, they're coming in with their dirty high-vis vests on, they go, oh, what's this? What's the... Uh What's this random dish uh, the cur, the cur-ru-ru, the uh, the curry? Yeah that I'll have a bit of that. Or they might they'll come in and go, Oh, there's nothing here with meat. Oh no, it's called um, veggie rama vegetarian delights. And it, uh, oh, okay. Oh well, I'm here now, I'll just have the the this um the the, the banana the beans. Yeah. I'll have those whatever they are. God, yeah, anyway. Oh, dear. Yeah. Any mate in any mate in that one? No, sir. This is uh, it's now been 8 years since I've um, moved to Brisbane, or as you locals like to call it, 8 years of talking about whether I'm going to move to Melbourne. Oh, Harry, you're that big, tough guy, right? It's true you were the one who inspired Dwayne The Rock Johnson to start hitting the gym. Is it true that you relentlessly bullied Dwayne The Rock Johnson when he was skinny in school? I said, yes, that was me. And you used to live in America? Yeah, yeah, until Dwayne The Rock Johnson got big. I was recently walking down the street, and a homeless man, he asked me, excuse me, do you have any spare change? I said, no, but thanks for asking.
1: (coughs) Chairman Mao. Uh, Chairman Mao, excuse me. What is it, boy? Chairman Mao, it's about Hong Kong.
0: Mr. Zhang, you are fully aware that on Thursdays I drink a 1.25 litre bottle of Coca-Cola while editing the Tiananmen Square Wikipedia page? Yes, Chairman Mao,
1: but the people of Hong Kong are very angry. They're burning everything. But last time I checked the surveillance cameras in Hong Kong, they were very happy. Ah, uh, well, that appears to be their issue, Chairman Mao. They don't like the surveillance cameras. But there aren't even surveillance cameras in the male bathrooms. Well, with respect, Chairman Mao, it's not the surveillance that they're worried about. It's that the people of Hong Kong want to listen to their favourite radio show. Talking dressage with Harry Raval Lee. But the radio signal is getting interfered with by the surveillance cameras. Well, I'm sorry. Surveillance is simply not an option. A great, noble, fearless leader Chairman Mao, my lover and friend, may I suggest just one thing? Yes, disgraced former Australian Senator Sam Dastyari. Why don't we simply pretend to be this Harry Lee fellow project ourselves over the speakers that are secretly planted in every Chinese person's eardrums and convince Hong Kong that we are, in fact, the radio show Talking Dressage with Harry Ravel You think the people of Hong Kong are stupid enough to fall for it? Well, they're stupid enough to want uh, human rights and democracy. OK, well, I'll press this button and we'll see how it goes.
0: so much thank you so much you are a very very supportive audience even supportive through my quite novel and quite natural nudist face thank you so much how do i look still cheering guys thank you so much no seriously sit down no no stand up this is a little bit longer thank you so much um Oh, wow. Is it good to be here, out there? Very dangerous. People bang on about global warming, people like Al Gore, people like most school children, they say, the earth is warming! We need to do something about it and stop it. And then you've got people in London, people in New York, wearing four layers of clothing, going, bring it on. On Valentine's Day, I read a statistic about single people in Australia, the suburbs with the highest percentage of single people, and this was based on um, Australian Bureau of Statistics data most likely gathered from the Australian census a few years ago, but uh, the, the two highest rates of singlehood in Australia were in Carlton I do think it's funny that the ABS does have statistical data on the number of single people in Australia it'd be funny if the person who was counting all that data about how many single people there were in Australia, if that number was odd, if there was an odd number of people who said they were in a relationship, it means there's, there's one person out there who needs to needs to have the talk with their special one, their um, other half, um, who doesn't have another half. So, I was thinking the other day, if an alien came to Earth and wanted to immediately... Um, with some immediacy to speak to our leader, and they said, "Who is the leader?" And and you go, "Well, I mean, like we have leaders of countries. I mean, I guess Scott Morrison's the, the the prime minister of Australia. Donald Trump is the president of the USA. But who's really the leader of the world? Who gets to negotiate with the Martians?" And it's quite simple. Brett Lee. Brett Lee would be the leader we would put forward because it, be obvi- it's obvious to us and be bloody obvious to the Martians, the aliens who land here, that the leader of this world would, would have to be whoever eats the most Weetabix for breakfast. And so we would put forth Brett and then they'd, they'd shoot laser beams out of their Martian eyes and, and Brett Lee would explode into a puff of confetti and we'd all be shrieking, oh Brett, well we could have put anyone else forward. Oh, we could have put Ricky Lee for... Oh, we could have put Delta forward as the leader. And now we've killed Brett. Apparently, if... uh, So, they in Ireland, I understand they have um, fairy nests, and they used to be in backyards of homes, and people would say, look, um, while you're here for the Airbnb, enjoy yourself. Um, Just do not muck with the fairy nest at the back of the yard. And they say, that looks like a compost. And they go, no, (laughs) it's a fairy nest. And they go, no, like... It's black. It's a box with a lid. It smells like rotting fruit and vegetables and eggshells. And it has a sticker on the front that says compost bin and then another sticker above that that says, this is R. And the, and the Irish owner will in, uh, invariably in that moment say, I assure you that that is a fairy nest. And if you uh, kick the fairy nest or remove it, you say, oh, this is primed... T- uh, Prime real estate for a, 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 to develop a block of flats. Um, what we're going to need to do, we're going to m- remove that fairy nest and I reckon put up a few flats. Oh, that'll be good. You move the fairy nest. Apparently, the bad luck that comes from that lasts generations. Like you will have a great-grandson who you won't be alive to even meet. Uh, they'll, they'll be an upstanding citizen. They will help out. They will serve soup to the homeless people um, on Christmas Day. Yet bad things will continually happen to them. And they will say, what is it with this world? You know, I'm a good guy. When my mum says, clean my room, I clean my damn room. I serve soup to the homeless people on Christmas. I literally just performed mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on an unconscious rat. It was dead. It was dead. But somehow... You study hard, you get crap grades, you try and be nice to the kids at school, they still throw bricks at you, and you don't know what you've done wrong. Turns out, a guy from your family, four generations ago, in Mother Island, just a couple of hours west of Cork, had a nice big backyard, also used to be a fairy nest. But your great granddaddy thought it'd be a nice idea to put up a block of flats and guess what he did in order to facilitate the block of flats being erected? He removed the fairy nest. And now you have inter generational bad luck. It's like those things they used to share on Bebo and Myspace. Share this. Or oh, 17 years of bad sex. Me? 26 years later! I'm going, Jesus! What did I not share when I was serious years old? A local Queensland farmer, and I'm not, i that was probably misuse of the word "local," just because he's in the same state doesn't mean he's actually not really, really far away. But he's—he de- spent 19 years choosing the perfect little seedlings from his uh, lychee plantation until he developed a breed of lychee that is completely seedless. You know, I'm sure someone in a lab somewhere could, in 10 minutes, you know, muck around with the genetics of the lychee. That is unethical. What this Queensland farmer did diligently over 20 years, this man has missed 21 his own son's bar mitzvah. Man, he even forgot his 33rd birthday. He was developing this seedless lychee. And to you, sir, the nameless, the faceless lychee legend, we can't wait to buy them for Oh no, sorry, that's too expensive. No, 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 that's actually far too much. We're not buying that. I'm so sorry. But when Coles and Woolies get them down to one dollar a kilo, we can talk business. And when you're uh, when you're literally selling your flesh just to make ends meet, um, because Coles and Woolies are buying up your your light cheese for five cents a bucket, um, we can talk business. Um, I have another question. This is a massive question. Can you call off an engagement but still date that person? So if you call off an if you engage, just like you date someone, then you get engaged. And then you say no, sorry, it's just not it's not happening. I'm not feeling it. We're not getting married. But anyway, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want to get for dinner? Um, I saw a really nice Vietnamese place. Um, you, is that normal behaviour? Can you uh, continue dating? Say, look, I think you're great, but just not that great. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll hang out with you, but not for life. <laughs> Come on. And so, engagements off, but let's keep doing. That. I really like this thing where. Um, you know, I call you up drunk, we have sex, but can we do, let's, keep, let's keep that, but without all the engage, engagementy, the engagey sort of stuff. I was walking past this little shop in West End, the corner of Jane Street and Montague Road, and there's a shop for lease, you know, one of those old timber ones. And there's a sign in the glass saying, please, stop breaking in and stealing the mangoes. And, there's this, and and you. And I was like, I had no idea there's a mango tree there. Pick over the fence. Sure enough, back of the yard, a mango tree. Like, how many people knew there was a mango tree in your backyard before the sign? The I wouldn't even call it a passive-aggressive sign. I would just call it all-out aggressive. Do not break in and take the mangoes. Like, that's pretty self-explanatory. It's like when you tell your parents, oh, mum and dad, I left the iron on at home and my house burned down. And then they say, oh, Harry... You should be turning off the iron after you use it. It's like, well, yeah, my house burned down. What do you think I've been thinking about ever since I learned that my house burned down from leaving the iron on? I was thinking, man, I wish I turned the iron off. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I was was walking home one night and, and someone had put three items out for council clean up but it wasn't like council clean up time it's that really grey area where you go this is an item of value so it's not really littering it's sort of like I would argue when you drop a 5 cent piece now here's the interesting thing you with a beer bottle uh, if you return that to one of those depots you get like 10 or 20 cents back is that correct? stop me if I'm wrong Uh, alternatively don't stop me Um, thanks thanks actually I really appreciate that Um, so I would argue if you put down an empty beer bottle at a bus stop and then walk away. And a, a cop or park ranger or just overly concerned Christian neighbor of yours comes running over and says, Hey, listen, mate, you just left that bottle there, Buster. Ah, not so fast. You come back and pick up that bottle, or I will literally shoot you in the eye. Dropping a five cent piece, someone will come and like, Oh, listen, mate, you accidentally dropped some money. And you Oh, thank you so much. Didn't realize I dropped the money. But that five cent piece is worth less than an empty beer bottle for for crying out loud. So really, you should be putting down a beer bottle and someone should run up and say, listen mate, you just dropped this. I I thought about keeping it for myself, but I thought I'd do the honest thing and give it back. And you can go, look, look, you're such an honest guy uh, or lady, (laughs) hypothetically, and uh, you can keep the bottle. And they go, what? <laughs> I can't keep the whole thing. And like, I'll smash it on this rock here and you can keep the neck of the bottle and I'll keep the rest. How does that sound? And you go, no, seriously, keep the whole thing. I've got plenty at home. And you go, oh, thanks, mate. And when you drop a five cent piece or a ten cent coin, you know what I mean, people should come running up and say, listen, mate, you thought you'd get away with that. You know, you, you little tosser. I saw you leave that five cent piece on the ground when you got that cigarette out of your pocket. I saw it drop. I saw you, you must have heard the cling and you just keep on walking, you sick bastard. Uh, don't you know those five cent pieces washed down the drain, and then you know turtles and platypuses—they see the money, they think it's bloody coral, they start eating it. Next thing you know, have you ever have you ever been a platypus and shut out a ten cent piece? Have you? And you go, oh, you never know. I'm a Hindu in my past life. I might have been a platypus. I might have come across a ten cent piece. I might have shut it out. You don't bloody know that, mate. And then next thing you know, you're on fifty cuffs with your concerned Christian neighbour who's abusing you for dropping a ten cent piece, and quite rightfully so because it is tossing. It is rubbish. They're worth less than an empty beer bottle. How to beep a horn in a polite way? Because as we all know. There are times when you you beep a horn and it's like, oh look, by the way, <laughs> light screen. And there are times when you go, you know, someone cuts you off and you're laying and you beep because it's it's more of an aggressive beep. There's a sort of a notification beep and then there's a, a, a aggressor beep. There should be two different beeps. One that sort of says, Oh, excuse me, and then one that's more like, oh excuse me. As a, as a part-time cyclist, and there are full-time cyclists, there are part-time cyclists, now I can tell you, full-time cyclists are a little bit, um, uh, uh, I, I don't know what the word is, or maybe I do, do they want to say it in public, um, my mum could be listening, and so... They're a little bit like that, if you understand what I'm saying. And um, they, they wear lycra, and, and they go cycling, and, and they do not slow down. They don't stop and smell the roses. I think cyclists have hay fever. I think that cyclists in a past life did something very terrible. Um, they desecrated a, a, a an old fairy home, that's for sure. The fairies will have their vengeance. Um, I had my bike stolen last year from West End, I was... Uh, Some people cast aspersions upon West End. You know, they say, oh, West End's this, West End's that. And I say, look, West End is not this, and it is certainly not that, beg your pardon. Actually, once I went away for the weekend and left it um, chained up in the valley, came back going, you know, I'd actually... I was already scrolling online looking for new bikes. and I said, oh, actually, it's still there. Goodness me. Um, it reminds me of that time when we were wondering whether to cremate or bury grandma. And I just said, hey, guys, why don't we just let her live? <laughs> um, and I came back, my bike was still there. And so a lot of people cast aspersions upon the valley. They call the valley this and they call the valley that. And I will accept the valley is this but I wouldn't say it's that. And so my bike was not stolen. I leave my bike overnight for less than, I would say, I would say about 12 hours in West End, on a suburban street, gone. And it's it's taken me over six months now to really find another one. And someone came up to me the other day and said, Harry, why do not you just bloody buy one? You say your life was better with a bike, and now you're a bikeless idiot, you know, just get another one. And I simply say, well... The reason I don't have a new bike is the same reason I'm single. Shopping for a bike is like trying to find a girlfriend. If you can have any bike you want, if you're if you have the means and resources to get any bike you want, how can you decide which bike to get? When it comes to ringing a bike bell, because uh, I'm a part-time cyclist, remember, so not a full-time cyclist, because full-time cyclists are. I hope you didn't say it. Oh, you better go to church on Sunday if you said it. Been slowly uh, deconstructing and and constructing and refining the ancient and dark art Um, Of ringing a bike bell to just sort of let people know that I'm passing on the right, and um, because I didn't like to ring the bell, I would do what if I if I could get past someone without physically touching them, I would not ring the bike bell. But then people would get angry because there'd be close calls, and I I had a couple of, you know, I don't want to throw middle-aged men under the bus. I feel like with the whole you know okay boomer thing, which just quietly is ageist and um and not okay in my opinion. Look. My parents are baby boomers, you know, and a lot of other people who do this whole okay boomer thing, their parents are baby boomers, you know, you're just insulting your parents. And i tell you what's not cool, insulting the people who freaking made you and sometimes made you in Hong Kong, like my parents. I have a special relationship with Hong Kong. My father reminds me actually too often I was conceived in Hong Kong, something about that place. My brother visited there recently, and I said, "How was it? Was it romantic? Were there lots of fairy lights and, and uh, you know, nice rose gardens and things like that?" He said, "Yeah, it's pretty nice." I said, "Yeah, okay, sounds good. Um, sounds like a good place to make a baby." It just so happened that I only twice, um, from two middle-aged men, they said, hey, "You can ring your bloody bike bell next time." And so, oh, geez, I didn't realize you could offend someone by not ringing your bike bell at them. And so what I've actually figured out is a little – if you sort of foresee that in the, in the future you're going to be ringing your bell, it's nice to ring it when you're quite far away because then it's not as aggressive because it's not as loud, you understand. You just like a little ding and then go, oh. Was that a bike bell? And they turn around and Oh, that's a little bikey. There's a little bikey coming past. And then you Oh, have a good day. Oh, ciao, 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 ciao. Chow chow. Chow chow ciao, ciao. Ciao, 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 chow ciao, ciao, chow 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 And so that's a nice way of doing it. And then as you pass... And this is the art form of it. This is where not your everyday, not your everyday Tom, Dick, or Harry can do this, but this Harry can, and he's a dick. Um, you can say, sorry. And, uh, uh, but it's about saying thank you in a really, really polite way. And, and it's a voice I don't use in any other context apart from thanking people for letting um, me pass by them on my um, part time push bike. So this little. Thank you. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs>
1: thank you. <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> ding ding. Oh, uh, thank you. And it's just really soft and really welcoming. It's uh, um. Anyway, I uh, know I'm getting a little, uh, getting a warm and fuzzy feeling inside just from literally saying it to myself. Happy Chinese New Year, or as they say in China, Happy New Year. I bought condoms this afternoon from Woolworths, and that is always a fantastic feeling. At the checkout, you remind yourself, "Hang on, that means I've had sex eight times," and then you and then you realise, "Oh God, they're, they expired two years ago. Um, I need to actually uh, use them within a five-year period." But before the time of self-checkouts, you'd feel like a bit of a legend if you were, if you were showing up quite often buying more packets of condoms. And if you're just showing up every two days, say there, was, say there was a full-time checkout person at Woolworths and you were just dropping by every two days buying another pack of eight condoms, everyone would be thinking there, all right, this guy's a bit of a legend. One of those lazy sort of yuppie types who live in an apartment in the inner city and sort of drop by the supermarket like every afternoon just to buy a couple of things. I'm just gonna buy half an orange. And I like, just bump into their shoulder like, oh my only drop any drop seven packets of condoms. You're like, oh, ah, oh can you help me pick these up? Just how so you let everyone know how much of a legend you are and just how many condoms you are buying and taking home, unwrapping and throwing in the fireplace. Um and or you know also, uh, rubber is a, a great way to cover leftovers, and and you know condoms do stretch. So you just if you've lost a Tupperware lid to one of your containers, just put a, some leftover spaghetti bolognese in there. Just simply pull the condom over the over the top of the container, and you know a great way of recycling, and uh, you know. 2020 is all about repurposing, recycling, reusing. You could even use some used condoms and just sort of pull them over your your Tupperware container, keep that spaghetti bolognese nice and fresh, and then get to work and put that straight in the work fridge. And that's my handy tip for saving the environment. How long do these Olympians train for? Many of them, you know, drop out of high school at 16. They forego relationships, parties, and studying at university in order to become athletes. They train their heart out every morning, swimming up and down that pool. On the day of the race, they outperform every other athlete in the world at that present moment to win gold. They get up there, and all you give them is a one-and-a-half-minute anthem. I'm sorry. They deserve the 12-inch mix of the national anthem. The The Austrian national anthem is uh, actually even older. It's actually so old. It's like caveman old. It's, the national anthem is just... You bang two rocks together and you grunt. That is old. sometimes with national anthems people need to get pulled up a bit like if you had a mate who was just standing there and it was just lunchtime at school and he was standing there going i am the most handsome boy in the school i am athletic and smart you'd be like mate take a chill pill actually you'd probably throw a rock at him and yet we allow people to stand on the stage and say oh we are from austria a nation blessed with beauty highly praised austria highly praised austria and those other the words I'll have you know, and same with the Australian national anthem. We talk about how great Australia is. Maybe when it comes to national anthems, we need to sit down and be humble. Medal ceremonies, Olympics should be sitting down ceremonies, and and we and people should simply say, "I'm from Australia. We do have our own political problems and um, fraught with national disasters." We're very divided people. You're either very right-wing or you're very left-wing. There is simply no in-between. There is a cavern, and you know what? More than a metaphorical cavern, there are real caverns. You'll be bushwalking, and you'll fall down the cliff, and you'll perish. It's so dangerous. There are snakes, and and people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry to hear about your country. Rather than staying there and going, we are a nation blessed with beauty. Highly praise Australia. I'm actually, I'm surprised Austria who for the most part have copied the name of our country, haven't just got a national anthem called um uh, Advanced Austria Fair, bunch of copycats. How about we, we'll try the Serbian national anthem, which I to be which to be brutally honest, I do hope is a little bit better than the Austrian. Take it away, boss. <laughs> When other players crack and can't handle the pressure, Novak seems to handle himself very, very well. And apparently that is from having lived through a bloody civil war. You know, When you're staring down the face of two break points in the second set and you go, oh, God, this is bad, this is bad. And then you realise, oh, wait a minute, that's right. All my neighbours were stabbed to death in Serbia in the 1990s until early 2000s. And then you go, this ain't so bad. And so you can understand why sometimes you can use that sort of civil war traumatic childhood stuff to succeed in the sporting arena. And so if you are a budding tennis player or maybe even a cricketer or a soccer player and you, you've been accused by your coach of lacking mental fortitude, perhaps it's time to just drop into Yemen or parts of uh, northern Syria and get some traumatic memories to finally make that first 15 at your local GPS school. You know we don't take song requests, but content requests are always welcome. Uh, state of Origin, you know, they think that a lot of young men are going to watch the State of Origin, see fights, and then want to go out to the local pub and get into fights. Well, my own rebuttal is: Does that mean people who sit around all day watching soccer fall down on the ground clutching their hand whenever they do a handshake at work? that you might meet someone who looks good, their personality is so smart, so athletic, and so rich. And no, I'm not describing myself, though I could be. What if you met someone who had all those qualities, yet they had the first name of one of your siblings? You either have to sort of forget that you have that sibling, or just forget about having the the sexual relationship with that other person, unless you can find some sort of nickname for them. For example, if I had a sister called Darlene, And then, in the heat of passion, I'm going, Darlene! 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 It's just a bit weird that you'd be saying your sister's name. And here's another issue, like, very similar. If you met a new girlfriend who had the same name as your ex-girlfriend, you couldn't give them the same nickname. But, you know, if their name is just Ed, you know, you're like, you're Eddie, you're Ed, Uh, smelly Eddie there aren't many options so you need to that cute little nickname you have for each other you know where you text each other hey Eddie just letting you know um you've left your undies in the microwave again hi Eddie just me again you've left your undies in the microwave hi Eddie it's your girlfriend here I'm just letting you know that what we talked about on the weekend it's happened again you've left your undies in the microwave Sort of conj- It's as if you're conjuring the spirit of an ex-partner if you're using the same uh, nickname. The only option is to just n- not name them. And it might look like you've forgotten their name and, and you've found it a bit too awkward to ever ask them again what their name was, especially if you're already, like, dating, if you already, already had the talk, or worse, if you're married, and you had the whole ceremony, and it's like, shit, I really can't ask them what their name is now. I'm really past that point. And you just call your partner. Hey, mate. Oh, hey, buddy. Um, babe. They're probably... You, you do, everyone knows that couple... We always refer to that each other as you know, babe or sweet honey pie. Or hey, hey, babe. Oh, hey, hashtag babe and. Maybe they have actually forgotten their partner's name. You just don't know. And then it's, oh, we've been dating for four years, actually. It's way past the point where I can ask her what her name is. But um, luckily she hasn't noticed, it's called a hashtag #Bay every time. Am I, am, am I right? Hashtag squad goals. One of my top five best friends was leaving for Darwin. But how many times a year can you visit someone in Darwin? You know, it's quite expensive to get there. I'm talking maybe one weekend a year is potentially how much I'll see him. So it's almost as if he's dead to me. Like, it's almost like my one of my top five best friends has died. And just for one weekend of the year, I conjure his spirit, I see a soothsayer and, and I say, I get the Ouija board out and I go, is Cameron here? And they go, yes, he's here, he's singing but at the end of the day, one friend goes, and I, another one will show up out of nowhere, hello, you ordered a friend, here I am, and it's just a friend wearing nothing but a mankini and and a red bow standing at your front doorstep and it's like, he looked just as good as he did in the pictures. Wuhan in China, they put a whole city into lockdown because of this, uh, this coronavirus fiasco and they're apparently some Australian citizens caught up in the lockdown. And so last I heard was that the Australian authorities were working very hard uh, to get those Australians out of the quarantine zone and into Australia. And I said, that's great, but, you know, don't work too hard. You probably can't tell on the radio, but I'm actually covered head to toe in um, warts, a terrible Quite painful warts. Um, Sometimes when I touch them, I I scream. Um, Like, uh, I do know somewhat what it means to be a champion athlete who's retired because my favourite nightclub closed down, the Flying uh, flying Cock. I used to go there every uh, Saturday and um, close down. And I'm like a cow without a bell, a ship without a sail, a cardinal without a young choir boys uh, absolutely lost and um, had a lot of requests tonight for the swiss national anthem if 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 you find a german who loves jazz i will personally give you my left foot. I will saw it off in front of you. I will hand it to you. I will say, here's my left foot. Please take me to a hospital. I, I had a, a friend uh, recently, they went to um, Scotland and um, they bought a book from a bookshop. And the person behind the counter said, would you like a wee bag? And she thought to herself, uh, I think I'm right to find a bathroom when I need to go. <laughs> Do you need a wee bag? <laughs> you know, in any event, yeah. Oh, a a wee bag? Do you need a bag? Like, I feel like whenever the Scottish people say wee, you just, you could easily just leave it out. Would you like a bag for your book, is what you simply need to say. Would you like a wee bag? Jesus. At Fridays, I think it was. And I was wearing a tie after work. And this guy comes up to me and he says, OK, we get it. You have a job. And I thought, well... For a starter for a starter I'm paying like twelve dollars for a pint at the moment. So if you're coming here to buy twelve dollar a pint and you don't have a job, well, you're not gonna last very long. And and I thought, well, that's quite quite abrupt, really, to to, to go around and approach someone wearing a tie at a nightclub and say, oh, we get it, mate, you have a job. I mean, I don't go up to um, women wearing leopard-print dresses at nightclubs and go, we get it, you're really horny and single. Um, I don't go up to men you know, who are middle-aged wearing active wear and say, we get it, you're having an affair. You know, I, I, I don't say that. It's been pointed out to me that if you ever um, build your own house with with bricks you bought and maybe even made yourself, and you live in that house for 35 years, it's actually impossible to tell anyone those facts without coming across as very aggressive and defensive. For example, nice place, Mr. Brown. uh, How long have you lived here? I built this house with my bare hands and I've lived here 35 years. Um, it's like, mate, I'm not here to bloody bulldoze it. I'm not from the government. I think you just get very, very defensive if you build, if you build a house with your own bare hands and, and you're living it for thirty five years. I'm a rookie by trade. I built this house with my own bare hands and I've lived it for thirty five goddamn years. Um, mate, I'm just uh, I'm just a Mormon. I'm just here to spread the good word and give you a free Bible. I don't mean to to cause you any alarm or distress. For listening tonight, guys, I hope you all learnt a lot, or at the very least, didn't throw up. If you're ever lucky enough to bump into me and Nicole, I've got a fantastic new party trick. It's where I clear the dance floor as if. Uh, you know when people like breakdance, and say, yo, make, make some room, make some room. And then, and as soon as, uh, the crowd is gathered and like, something's gonna happen, it's gonna do, do like a, a head flip. I get out my mobile phone, put one hand on my other ear and go, yep, sell the stock. Yep, sell a lot. Yeah, all the stock. Cheers. Yep, get, get me mailed on the line, please. Uh, uh, it's getting lukewarm, it's getting a lukewarm reception. Um, when you, ha- you have like a, a bottle of Coca-Cola and you drink from the lid and then someone says, you know, can I have some of that too? And then, then they drink from, from, from the lid as well. And you've, you know, on a scientific basis, you have exchanged saliva. And so on a legal basis, I would say that you have technically hooked up. Um, so if you ever share a bottle of something, with a really attractive um, female friend or maybe your mate has a really attractive girlfriend um, and she shares that bottle with you, just remember you can tell your mates the next pre-drinks. Show, show pictures of their Instagram and say, I hooked up with this person. Um, and you will skyrocket up to the the very most respected friends at that pre-drinks if you kissed a good-looking person. Um, there's an old saying, if you kiss a good-looking person in a forest and no one sees it, did you kiss a good-looking person? It's getting very philosophical tonight. Tame Impala, a.k.a. Kevin Parker, he might be out there with his five mansions on the Gold Coast, and they might be a little mansion-shaped hole in his heart, a little six, sixth mansion-shaped uh, hole in his heart, and and maybe if he just gets that sixth mansion, he'll feel better again. So what we're here to do is to give him some more royalties and so he can sell out the Brisbane Entertainment Centre again in the near future, and we're going to keep playing Tame until he gets another mansion and feels happy again. Um, but uh, also... Um, if, you're a, if you're out there and you're a struggling artist, um, get better at doing the art. Um, what if all the people with no taste just keep breeding and all the people with really high taste um, who are busy at art exhibitions and, and dissecting films and, and critiquing um, you know, albums um they're so busy doing their, their artistic pursuits they don't get around to i don't know having sex and um and eventually we're just surrounded by people who continually request The Scientist by Coldplay on radio again and again and again. So often that 4ZZZ has to dedicate a whole program to The Scientist show and university students tune in going, oh, maybe instead of reading my science textbook, I'll listen to 4 Z for an hour. But then they just get The Scientist by Coldplay on repeat. Because there are struggling artists, like they, I'm sure there is someone who has a saucepan on their head, they've severed their own penis off and they're banging the saucepan on top of their head. And, um, and in some cultures, that's art. And they're probably in Australia going, guys just don't get it. They're in King George Square trying to busk and they've got, they've got no coins. All they've got is a move-on um, order from a police officer who's taken offence to uh, the severing of one's penis in public. Um, even if it is in the name of art and music, man, it's really dangerous to join the fray uh, I've joined the fray a couple of times on Facebook. And by the fray, I mean commenting on an ABC News article that's been shared on Facebook by ABC Brisbane. With, with respect to the people who say, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. They're not in the fray. Unless they're saying it in a really aggressive and accusatory way. If you've got nothing nice to say, just don't say it, buddy. I joined the fray. I remember they were spearheading this campaign about, like, uh, local councils cancelling New Year's Eve fireworks. And it, there was like this tenuous connection to the, to the bushfires that were actually ongoing at the time. And I just didn't quite agree with that. Of course, we all know that um, local dogs do not like fireworks. But I'm here to say I don't like local dogs. So it's a bit of a neighbourhood battle, really, with me and my um, illegal fireworks and the, the dogs, but luckily they're enclosed behind fences. I like to, when I walk down the street and a, a dog just barks me because of the mere fact I'm walking down the street in proximity to that yard, I like to speak to it as if it were a person. Sometimes I just stop and I turn it and say, mate, have a night off. Woof, woof, woof. Oh, have a real go, mate. Um, so ABC Brisbane, they just kept sharing these polls. They were saying, oh, do you think Tweed Shire Council should cancel its fireworks in light of the bushfires? It's a thinly veiled uh, remark with a, with a poll. Sort of like when when someone goes, oh, do you think these earrings look really good? Do you think they look really good? Uh, no, of course, no, of course not. I know you spend a lot of money on them, and and you have self esteem issues. But no, I'm just going to say I don't like them. I joined the fray. That's I. That's the only way I can put it. I, I thought about the fifth one, where I said, "Oh, you know, should Gold Coast City Council cancel the fireworks?" and and then they and they were dragging Sydney into it as well, and said, "Look, Sydney." New Year's Eve fireworks are renowned as the best in the world. You, ABC Brisbane, you need to get back in your box. You know, At the time, I didn't know I was joining the fray because it was the first time I was... The first time you joined the fray, you don't know you're joining the fray. But every time after that, you know you're joining the fray. In fact, immediately afterwards, you know what you've done. And that is fray, comma, you have joined the... I, I simply said, Anti-Fireworks Broadcasting Corporation. It's a pun on ABC. And the vitriol, which I was swiftly... The return served from the uh, aging community of of Brisbane was immense. I was told that I'd never seen a bushfire in my life. I was told uh, many things about um, my sexuality. It was character building. So... You hear that, guys? Cyberbullying is character building. You heard it here first on Talking Dressage. So another time I joined the fray on ABC Brisbane, the Facebook page, there was uh, a story about how Nick Kyrgios was spearheading where every ace at the Australian Open, someone would donate money to, to the bushfire relief. And and so when that news broke, people were saying, "Look, we love Nick Kyrgios," and you know, people were saying, "Blessed him, dear Lord." And so and then one other person said, "Look, he got thirty-six aces in one game once. So if you times that by two hundred, that's seven thousand two hundred. That's just one game." And so I I did notice that one person had commented a little bit off topic. It was a quite elderly lady named uh, Kathleen. McConnell. And she said, "I wish my husband thinks of someone else for a change, ah uh, not himself for once in his life is me, me, me. Kathleen McConnell, I wish my husband thinks of someone else for a change. Uh, are not himself for once in his life is me, me, me. And so I simply said, Kathleen McConnell, be patient with Mr. McConnell. Nick Curios was once arguably a spoiled brat, but now look at this wonderful gesture. People change every six seconds, and perhaps one day your husband will do something that will change the destiny of mankind as well, like turning to an ethical plant-based diet. Bless you and Mr. McConnell. That one, I got a bit of support for that one, actually. And do yeah, there were giant kangaroos that roamed the earth thousands of years ago and homo sapiens just we killed them we ate them i wonder if what if we see we don't know this but what if giant kangaroo meat was the greatest tasting meat of all time um where just one bite would cause ejaculation and and that's a money back guarantee imagine if it was that good but it was just so good we just ate them all really quickly and then we're like hang on Can you get another one of those? And a search party went out and they came back three years later and said, we haven't found any. That would be weird, the first extinction. Can you go get one of those? I actually feel like mammoth tonight, mum. Mum, can we have mammoth for dinner? Yeah, let's go get one of those. And comes back seven years later going, look, I've walked really, really far and all the way back and I did not find a a mammoth. We, um, We don't just naturally... Um, figure things out. There's a lot of trial and error involved and probably more error than trial. Just like women. In my life, women come and go, but mostly they just go. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I think there's a correlation between uh, dating apps on phones and the pokies i think it's just really similar sort of formula instead of flashing lights and more jelly it's uh uh, photos of uh, quasi attractive women and sometimes it goes yes and you win and sometimes and most of the time you go you lose and so and all those little wins they, they keep you coming back for more and i realized that sometimes i was just taking a toilet break and probably just doing a number one and uh and i'd be in the bathroom for like two hours and just on dating apps, and I realized that this behavior needed to stop. You know, people, I would be, I would forget to eat. I would sometimes forget to sleep. My, I was best man in a wedding. I forgot to go because I was, I was at home in my basement on dating apps, talking to people who didn't have profile pictures and who were trying to sign me up onto some sort of obscure um, European uh, chat forum where you can easily exchange credit card details or something and so I realized I needed to ration um, my use and I did that by I only get one a day now I can only say yes to one person a day and so it's very nice to be selective and I feel like subconsciously I've convinced myself that I'm hot shit that I'm fucking top banana that i deserve a plaque in brunswick mall just like jeremy neal in fact give me one in queen street mall um give me the hot shit walk of fame and one plaque and it's just me and my five tinder photos on the plaque um embossed in bronze because i'm just so selective and i say no to everyone now and it actually feels good to say no um And sometimes I talk, as I say no, I pretend like they've been harassing me. And just before I swipe right, I go, for the last time, just leave me alone. Or, stop calling me at work! And then you just swipe no and say no. And it's really nice you see, like, the, the big red cross pop up and they disappear into oblivion. This is the part where I thank you all for listening. You've been very attentive. Apart from those who just kept texting in, it's very distracting to read your really flattering messages about how well the show's going as I'm, as I'm trying to do this show. A part of you, as a human... Um, a part of your value is really derived from what you can offer other people. And th- and that's that's the cruelty of the world. That's why some people, you know, that, that's the inherent flaw with, with capitalism. I'm not gonna beat capitalism as like a roast lamb on a, on a pinata, okay? And the pinata in this metaphor is capitalism. And the leg of roast lamb is actually not a metaphor. It's actually a leg of roast lamb. But there's no sane person who ever has argued for unfettered capitalism. No, all right. So this bloke, what he essentially does—he—he he, this little book to sum it up in one sentence—it is the Long Island iced tea of of left wing views. It is—it's it, got everything. It's it, it, at one point he tries to blame uh, climate change caused by Western countries um, for the Syrian conflict. He says the part of the Syrian conflict was caused by climate change. And th- therefore, all Syrian refugees should be led into Western countries because the Western countries cause climate change that in some way caused a Syrian civil conflict. Uh, a lot of his p- points are just made on the, on the basis of emotion rather than logic. You know, oh, these people are sad. You should make them feel better. I mean, I mean, you can't use that logic. It's like me walking up to someone at the traffic lights and saying, Can I have your car? And they're like, No. I said, like, Why? I'm sad. Even though I went to a GPS school, I'm sad. Another thing he used to say was that turmeric was not a superfood. I don't know what he had against turmeric. If you even mentioned it, not even in the context of it being a superfood. If someone said, hey, how do you make rice like yellow like uh, in Indian cuisine? Oh, you get get a bit turmeric. Oh, (laughs) he'd step out of his room. Oh, God, he would be uh, so chuffed with himself. You know it's not a superfood. (laughs) Oh, I can still hear him. Oh, oh my God, he's here! Ow! Ow! <laughs>